1: Team, you're doing a great job, sounds wonderful, love that song. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your love. Lord, you are good. Your mercies are new every morning. Father, we enter you presence today and ask for more of you, more of you, less of us and more of you, less of us and more of you. Father, help us to put aside every distraction that we walked in with, everything that would distract us from what you have for us this morning. And Father, that we would learn to hear your voice clearly, that we would be able to discern your voice clearly in our lives. And we thank you for it. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, church, I am excited. We, uh, my beautiful wife and I, had the opportunity to get away for a couple days. So I know that the amazing service on Wednesday that the team uh, had led, but we got to get away for a couple days. Uh, We left on Sunday afternoon after church last Sunday, um, and we were gone Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, uh, and we came back on Thursday. I'll tell you what, God is so good to us. He is so good to us. We have these amazing kids, amazing children. They were able to actually keep each other from harm feed each other, get each other to go to bed and go to sleep, and I'll tell you what, we left eight kids at home, and God and his angels and his mercy and his glory were upon them, and they had an amazing, amazing time. And I thank my oldest daughters for helping us get away. But well, we got to get away and just to seek God and to seek him for our own personal life, to seek him for the church and what he has next for the church and what's going on. But let me just tell you one thing. How many of you actually, how many of you guys go camping? How many of you guys go camping? Wow. Okay, yes. Okay, so let me just tell you a little bit of something. That we we went to a cabin in the woods. Okay, I I am not a camper. So this was not tent camping. This wasn't even like pop-up camping. This was just a cabin in the woods. It had water. It had electricity. And it had something called a composting toilet. This, this, okay, this crossed the line for me. Okay, but we were here, and we paid for it, and so we were in this tiny cabin, or a tiny house, and I'll tell you what, that composting potty, man, it was everything I had to be able to put that where, in its place, and not to think about it. And then the bugs started coming. Guys, how do you guys go camping? I don't understand. Day one, there was like one ant. Day two, there was like three ants. Day, f- day three, there was like day four, church, when I woke up, there were ants everywhere. There were absolutely everywhere. And I took it as a sign from God, today is the day that we need to leave this cabin. We had to leave. I woke up with some kind of bite on my stomach. Like, what on earth got a hold of me in the middle of the night? I don't know. I don't want to know. I'm like, is there like blood coming through my shirt? What is happening? So how you guys go camping, I do not know. Like, this was a, this was a cabin. This has a door that shut. I don't know how you guys do this. But to say all that, we still were able, even with the composting toilet, we were still able to get rest, and to hear from God, and to really seek direction for our life and for this church. And he was so good. He was so faithful. And I find it, again, absolutely amazing that today, during the message that we're going to be talking about at the next portion of the Lord's Prayer, I want to talk about how do we hear from God. And it was like, boy, I am trying to live this out. I am, we are trying to hear from God right now about our life. How does this work? And the Lord just ministered to us and gave us insight into it. And I want to be able to share that with you this morning. Amen? So we're in the middle of a series, actually towards the end of a series. We're going to do this week and probably one more week of a series called Marked by Miracles. And the next series we're going to get into is a series called Identity. We're going to be talking about our identity, and I've been praying about that, and God just has kind of released me to different things and shown me different things on why we need to talk about that, and Marilyn Neubauer was here a couple weeks back, and she's talking about identity, I'm like, got it, got it, Lord, we need to hear about identity, but I still want to finish up this Marked by Miracle series, and this key verse that we've been using is in Job 5, verses 8 and 9. It says, but if I were you, I would appeal to God, I would lay my cause before him, for he performs wonders. He performs the wonders that cannot be fathomed, the miracles that cannot be counted. And we've been walking through the Lord's Prayer, learning how to live a life that is marked by miracles. Walking through each part of the Lord's Prayer, one verse at a time. And it starts this, our Father in heaven... How will be thy name? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And we stopped right there last week and we were talking about forgiving those who have sinned against us. And the Lord really put on my heart two things that I didn't share last week that I want to just piggyback off of before we move to the next portion of Scripture. And it was both for someone who is asking for forgiveness, and both also for someone who is forgiving somebody else. And the part that the person I just want to implore you with, those who are asking for forgiveness, when you go to a person and ask for forgiveness, do not then give the reasons why you did what you did. This is so important. Because so often you say, Will you please forgive me? You know, every time that you do this, I, ba, 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 ba. we cannot do that. If you are asking for forgiveness, you're saying, I was wrong. I did something wrong. Will you please forgive me? And the second part, As the person who is going to forgive, who has decided in their heart. We talked about last last week that we need to ask God for help, help, decide to forgive. We need to learn how to forgive ourselves. We need to practice separation and pray for that person. But as you are forgiving that person, you cannot say, I'm not allowing you to say anymore, it's okay. This is a rule that we have in our house and I wanted to share with you, I felt strongly that I needed to share. For whatever reason, it didn't come up in my spirit last week to share it, but I wanted to share it this, this week. In our house, when somebody goes to somebody else and asks for forgiveness, they say, will you forgive me? The other person says, I forgive you. They do not say, it is okay. Because it's not okay. Okay. What that person did was not okay, and we need to change the language of our mouth and how we are talking to each other. You cannot say it's okay. And for years, we would do this in our house. You'd say, "Oh, I, you know, Jairus, will you please forgive me for yelling at you or whatever?" And he'll say, "It's okay." And it just was like, "Wait a second! No, 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 no! It's not okay." No matter what he did or how he acted or if he deserved this or that, no, 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 no. It is not okay. If I am asking for forgiveness and I am the person who wants to forgive, you cannot say, it's okay. It's not okay. You can say, I forgive you. We can work through this. Let's move on. But it's not okay. And I thought that was very important. And I didn't say it last week, and I felt really strongly that I needed to say it this week. It's not okay. Let's pick up where we left off in verse 13. And it says, And do not lead us into temptation. The next part of the Lord's Prayer. So forgive us our debts. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And so I had a couple revelations this week on the Lord's Prayer in general. The first revelation was this. I just, I mean, how many times I've said it, how many times I've read it. Again, maybe all of you here are just like, uh, hello, Pastor Jason, we've known this forever, but this is something that you just realized, so that's awesome, yay, for you. But no, this is something that I realized. If you look at the Lord's Prayer, you, we are speaking to the Father, and then we are speaking to the Son, and then we are speaking to the Holy Spirit. Are you kidding me? This is in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. We are speaking to the Father in heaven. And then very next thing is, forgive us our trespasses. We are speaking to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving my trespasses. Thank you for giving me the power to be able to forgive others. We are speaking to Jesus. We are praying that prayer. The Father, the Son, and then the Holy Spirit is this. The Holy Spirit is what we're going to talk about today. Uh, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Who is with us every day? Who is with us? Who will lead us? Who is with us? Who will guide us? It's the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that's with us. So my mind was like, whoa. The Lord's Prayer is speaking to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Like, I did not see this before. Revelation number one, hello. It like, slapped me in the face. We are praying this prayer to the full Godhead. To the Father, to the Son, to the Holy Spirit, no one is left out. It is his perfect will to be done. It is the entire package. This prayer is the entire package. Like, wow, Revelation 1, that was pretty cool. Revelation 2, we are praying his word back to him you realize this? When we are speaking scripture, which is what this is, we are actually praying God's word back to him, and he is faithful to do his word. When you pray his word back to him, he performs his word. This is exactly how we're supposed to pray. And I'm like, oh my gosh, every part of this, your kingdom come, your will be done, give us this day our daily bread, every one of these bits of scripture has a corresponding scripture, or two, or three, or four, or ten, that confirm that this prayer that confirmed this word. I'm not just saying these words. They're not idle. I'm not saying them in vain. I'm not, I am speaking multiple scriptures. When I am saying, give us this day our daily bread, we are speaking the 25, 30, to 40 other promises in the Bible that link up with give us this day our daily bread. And I was like, whoa. The words, there's only so many, but I'm only speaking the Lord's Prayer. It takes me 30 seconds, but I'm actually speaking so much more. So much more is coming out. So much more we're sending to heaven than just give us this day our daily breads. Forget. I mean, Scripture after Scripture, and you may not remember each Scripture, but the Holy Spirit can remind you of these things. That was Revelation number two. Again, I was like, whoa, this is amazing. Because if you notice... Within within this Lord's Prayer, it doesn't say I pray for a million dollars. Doesn't say I pray. It says, Give us this day our daily bread. Oh, so what we're praying is that God, you will meet all of my needs unto overflow, so that I can be a blessing to others and I can see God's kingdom expanded. Praise the Lord. It doesn't say I'm praying for a million dollars. There's nowhere in the Bible. It says, but you pray, give us this day our daily bread. And then he multiplies. He does the work. And then all of my needs are met. onto overflow. What? This is great. Revelation number three from the Lord's Prayer. I've been teaching on the Lord's Prayer for like two months, haven't we? Like we've been doing this for a while and the Lord is just like, whack, whack. Look at this. Look at this. Revelation three. It uses the word us. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa!" I thought this was about me. I thought when I pray the Lord's Prayer, it's all about me. Give me the daily bread. Forgive me. And I was like, wait a second. Let me go back and read it again. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debts, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. So do you mean that when I am praying this, I am standing on behalf of my family? I am standing on behalf of my friends? I am standing on behalf of my church? I am standing on behalf of everyone that God has put in my sphere of influence when I say this prayer? And the answer from the Lord was, yes, you are. Because us includes me. So I'm in this when I'm praying it. You're in this when you're praying it. But when I'm praying it, I'm praying it with you. When you're praying it, you're praying it with me. Oh my gosh, the picture of the church, we're all praying this together and we're praying over each other. So these prayers that are going up to heaven are prayers that are connecting us with each other and us with heaven. And you say, well, I don't say this prayer every day. Well, guess what? There are people in this church that do, so you are now included in this prayer. I was like, what? Are you, what? What? Where did the us come from? I didn't even see us in there. This is us. Men, when you pray this prayer, you are praying it over your family. Amen. Women, when you are praying this prayer, you're praying it over your children. You're asking, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You're included in that, but you are praying also for your loved ones and those that are involved. So there are two parts to this prayer that I want to talk about this morning. And the first part is, and do not lead us into temptation. What I realized here, it says, again, this is a daily request. It's following, give us this day our daily bread. This is daily. Daily, we have to say, lead us not into temptation. Because guess what, church? There is temptation out there. Has anybody realized that there's temptation out there? You can't even open your eyes without realizing there is temptation out there. There's temptation on the TV. There's temptation on these wonderful smartphones that we have. There is temptation everywhere we go, everywhere we drive, everything we look at. There is temptation out there. And what's interesting is, is as the enemy who is the actual tempter, and we'll look at this in a minute, he tempts us really through some of the thoughts that he begins to bring to us. The scientifically proven that our spiritual person is linked into our physical person through the spirit, through the soul, and there are thoughts that can come to us that are not of God and are not of you, which means even while you're sleeping, in the moment you wake up, there are temptations to believe something that you shouldn't believe, to look at something that you shouldn't look at. There are temptations all around us. So daily, we have to say, lead us not into temptation. We are praying God's word back to him. Why? Because in the scripture, in John 14, verse 26... We're talking about the whole, this is the Holy Spirit portion of this prayer. God the Father, God the Son. Now we're like, this is the Holy Spirit. This is like, we are living it day by day. This is wrapping up the prayer. Like we are getting to the end of it. Thank you, Father, for who you are. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving my sins. And now I'm walking day by day. Like now I'm in it. Now I'm doing it. And I need the Holy Spirit to lead me and to guide me. John 14, 26 says, but the helper. The helper. How many of you need some help throughout the day. Yeah, come on. You don't have to raise your hand. I see everyone's like internal hands going up, right? Everyone's like, if you're listening, if you're like not sleeping, right? Your hand is going up. You're like, whoa, yes, I need a helper. I I love helpers, right? Helpers are great. We have a lot of little helpers at our house. They come along. They help us. We have helpers. It's an amazing thing to have a helper. Who is that helper? The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. Well, guess what, church? When this was written in John, fast forward to the book of Acts. The Holy Spirit is here. We are living in the New Testament. We are living in end times, where we are living with the Holy Spirit's presence with us. He is here. And what will he do? He will teach you all things. He will teach you all things. So he has become my helper now in all things. And to bring to our remembrance all things that he has said to us. Everything. So lead us not into temptation. God does not tempt. Why? Because temptation comes from the evil one. How do I know that? Because scripture confirms scripture. James 1 verse 12. Turn there with me in your Bibles if you want. We have it up on the overhead too. James 1. I'm going to start reading in verse 12. I'm going to read through verse 15. It said, blessed is the man who endures temptation. Oh, (laughs) we are blessed when we endure it. Guess what? We all endure temptation, which what does that mean? As we endure it, we are all blessed because of who he is and what he has done. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. You need to know that this morning. You are not tempted by God. Are there tests that come into your life that God brings? Sure, there are tests. Because what does a test do? A test is you get a score on a test, don't you? When you take a test, you get a score. And what does that score do? Tells you where you are, shows you where you're at. Like, ooh, am I an A or am I a B? Am I a C or have I totally failed? Our second daughter is going to be taking her driver's permit test. So we're going to see real quickly where she scores. But that's what a test is. But this is not talking about temptation. This is talking about temptation. Tempting. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Verse 14. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when this desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death. When I was reading this, I realized that the temptation is this, that the enemy uses this same tactic. Now, the interesting part is it's a different tactic for each one of us, but it's the same general theme. It's to steal, it's to then kill, and then it's to then destroy. It's the same strategy, but it's uniquely designed by the enemy for you and for me. Because what challenges me does not necessarily challenge you. What tempts me does not necessarily tempt you. So what the enemy does is see it as a strategy, but that whole strategy, if we could see it, if we could understand his strategy is just to steal, then to kill, and then to destroy. And the first thing he is trying to steal is the word of God in our life. He is trying to steal the promises of who we are in Christ. He is trying to steal your identity. That's why I feel so strongly about that being our next sermon series is about identity because this is his goal is to steal that, to begin to make you believe things that are not of him, that do not line up with the word of God. Blessed is the man. So church, we are blessed even when we are enduring temptation. It says that when we have been approved, when is that? At salvation, we receive the crown of life. It's a promise, one of the many, many promises that are in the Bible. We are blessed even in a trial. So, what do we do when we're confronted with a temptation? Because the Bible says that we will be, that we can be blessed while we endure it. What do we do? Well, we can always look to Jesus as our example. And I don't have the scripture up here, but what Jesus did, he he fasted and prayed for 40 days, and then the enemy came and tempted him three times. And the interesting thing is, if you look at each one of those temptations, they are progressively tempting Jesus with something bigger, something more. And this is what the enemy does. He continues to try to tempt you with something bigger and more. The first temptation was over his basic needs, over food. You're hungry after 40 days. He tempts him, but hangry. I think I've said this word before. I didn't come up with it, but hangry, right? He's tempting you after looking at basic needs. Then he's tempting Jesus with health, and then he was tempting Jesus with wealth. And what did Jesus do every single time to combat? He used the word of God. He used scripture. You see, the enemy will try to use scripture to you too. A lot of people don't realize, I'm talking a lot about the enemy because the enemy is the tempter, A lot of people don't realize that the enemy knows some Bible. The enemy knows some Bible. And if you look at the verses and the words that the enemy used to tempt Jesus, they're all Scripture. Come on. They were all Scripture. But we combat the temptation of the evil one with the word of God we say, no, 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 no. That's being misused. That's not how that is to be applied in my life. And you begin to pick out the promises that are for you, for your situation. That's why the word of God is so important. Why you have to read it. Why it's something personal to you. Because what I deal with, the scriptures that mean something to me, does not necessarily mean the same thing for you. You need to have the scriptures that God... You need to speak it forth. You need to call out the word of God. When we are tempted... We turn our eyes off of him. Men, literally, when your eyes are on something they shouldn't be, think of David and Bathsheba. He was not where he was supposed to be. He was not doing what he was supposed to be doing, and a temptation come, and he fell. Which is why the second part of what I'm going to talk about this morning is so important because we have to be led by the Spirit of God. We have to hear His voice. We have to know where He wants us to be. We have to know what He wants us to be doing. Because we cannot be hanging around outside looking around and seeing somebody taking a bath somewhere when we're not supposed to be there. This is what happened to David. So the second part of, the, of this prayer here is, but deliver us from the evil one deliver us. We can and we will be delivered from the evil one. Why? Because we have the word of God. But now that Jesus ascended into heaven, not only do we have the word of God, but we have the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us. You understand the power of the word and the Holy Spirit coming together? It is so powerful. It is so powerful when you put those two together. Now we have the Holy Spirit. How do I know this? John sixteen thirteen says, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He guides us. He leads us. The Holy Spirit takes us from place to place. He will not speak on his own. He will only speak what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. I truly believe that the Holy Spirit is a supernatural leading that we have the ability to hear from in our life. Turn with me to Acts 16, starting in verse 6. I want to read this short story. This is, about, this is Paul and his ministry team is going about sharing the gospel message, going different places. Starting in verse 6, 16 verse 6, it says, Now when they had gone through Phrygia, I don't think it's cold, but it says Phrygia, I think that's how you pronounce it, and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit, to preach the word in Asia. Like, this is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a second. They were forbidden to do what? They were forbidden to preach the word of, whoa, preaching, I thought you, preaching the word is good. Absolutely, preaching the word is good. But you see that God had a different plan. That is not where he wanted them preaching the word of God. And when we get out in our own ideas, doing our own thoughts, our own things that we think are good, but not God, we end up going off the path that he has for us. Verse 7. And when they had come to Mycenae, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. Again, the Spirit is leading Paul and the apostles as to where specifically to go. Did not permit them. Verse 8. So passing by, Mycia, they came down to Troas, and the vision appeared to Paul. And in the night, a man, a man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. So in a vision that appeared to Paul in the night, he had a vision. It was the Holy Spirit leading him where he needed to go. Verse 10, now after he had seen the vision, I love this word, immediately, immediately he sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord has called us to preach the gospel to them. When you hear from God, he is asking you to go do something. And when it's clear to you and you have confirmation on what you're supposed to go do, he's telling us to go do it immediately. There are some things that he tells you to pause on, but there are some things, I'm going to talk about this in a minute, that you can discern when you get the confirmation, it says go and go now. So I've been reading somebody recently, again, uh, a guy's name is George Mueller. Has anybody ever heard of George Mueller? Okay, George Mueller, uh, he opened up an orphanage uh, in Bristol. He was pastored for a while. He did all kinds of different things, but what he's most known for is living by faith. He never asked anybody for anything, and God supernaturally provided every provision that he needed to start this orphanage, to grow this orphanage, to reach thousands and thousands of kids. And he has this thing that I was just reading, and thank you, Father, for other people being led by the Holy Spirit, which brought that book to my office a couple weeks ago before we went on this little trip. And so I read it during this trip, and it was exactly what God was speaking to. You see how God just works all this stuff together. He has this little thing that he does. There's these five things. I want you to write these down. There are these five things... They're all based on the Word of God that we can do to hear and to discern the Holy Spirit's voice in our life. Because we've already seen how important it is that we have to go do it. We already understand the importance of this. So there are these five specific things that he would do. The first one is to decide to have no will on the matter. Decide to have no opinion of the matter. We all usually fail on the very first step because so often we already have a preconceived notion. We have, well, somebody else did it this way or this must be what's happening. These are, we have this preconceived will and notion about what it's going to do and what he has learned and what the Bible says is, no, 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 no. His way, his will be done, not mine. This is the same prayer that we're praying. Our Father who are in heaven, hallowed by thy name, your will be done. It doesn't say my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It says your will be done. So we're asking to be led not into temptation and delivered from evil. We're asking the Holy Spirit to show us his will. You see that? We are asking the Holy Spirit for his will, the Father's will. And what we just read is that that the Holy Spirit doesn't speak anything of his own, but what? What he hears the Father say. So if we are asking for the Father's will in our life, if this is what we're asking for in this prayer, then we need to be listening for and hearing the Holy Spirit's voice in our life. Which means we have to decide to have no will on the matter. The second thing we need to do is we need to seek direction via the Word of God. What does the Word of God say about our situation? What does the Word of God say? Because when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, it always is confirmed by the word of God. Always confirmed. If you believe that you heard something from the Holy Spirit as to what you should do, and it does not line up with the word of God, I'm telling you, you did not hear from God. It's, you, you didn't. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they're all connected together, and Jesus is the word. You cannot hear from God and have it not be aligned with the word of God. The third thing we need to do is we need to take into account providential circumstances. This is, where where is God leading? Where are we feeling God's peace? Where are we feeling God move in our life? The fourth one is we have to pray. Too often we're just seeking answers and we're not being still, we're not being quiet, and we're not praying. We must pray and seek for him to reveal his will to us. And then the last thing we need to do is we need to make a decision, and we need to be able to walk in peace. We have to decide, and then we have to walk in peace. God gives us continual confirmation. That doesn't mean that what he's asking you to do isn't a challenge, isn't a little bit scary, but it's going to line up with the word of God, and we're going to be able to hear his voice, and we're going to be able to do what he's asking us to go do. You say, well, Pastor Jason, I don't have an answer. I'm not sure where to go down. Start asking God some questions. What do you want me to do? What is your will for my life? Continue to press in to him. Many times we're not hearing from God because we haven't done the last thing he's already told us to go do. Church, that's for somebody this morning. Many times we are not hearing from God because he's already told you what to go do, and we haven't done it yet. Be still and listen, Andy. I don't know if it's you or Michael or whoever is going to come up and kind of underscore. Or maybe it's both of you. I want you to know that if you miss it, if we miss it, because guess what, church? We do. We are sometimes tempted, and we fail. We sometimes miss the voice of God and we find ourselves into a situation in which feels impossible that we can't get out of. But that prayer is, deliver us from the evil one. And his promises are yes and amen, which means he will deliver us. Romans 8.11 says this, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give you life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Do You understand that if you mess up and you make a mistake, you still have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. You still have that same power to take authority over the enemy and say, no, I made a mistake. I've asked for my forgiveness and I'm gonna walk through this situation. God is gonna deliver me from this situation and I'm gonna be able to walk through it. This says in Acts 1, verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You understand that? Deliver us from evil. The Holy Spirit inside of you, His power delivers us. So maybe you messed up. Maybe you need a fresh start. Church, today, we're going to ask Him to lead us we're going to ask him to guide us. And as Liz was saying earlier, she said, I want to take communion today. And I didn't think anything of it. It's like, yeah, that would be nice. That would be nice for us to break bread together. And I sat there during the offertory. I said, we've got a team of people that can help us we got all the stuff that we need in the kitchen. Why don't we take communion this morning as a church? So we're going to do that. And we're going to do it a little bit differently this morning than we normally do it. Normally ushers will come by and pass it. But today it's going to be a little more intimate. There are two tables up here. And after I say a prayer and I read a scripture or two, I want you just to come up. Grab your own communion elements. Go back to your seat. Have a time with the Lord on your own. Gather your family up over here, back there, where you're sitting, and take communion together. Because He loves us and He cares for us. so good father your word says to give us this day our daily bread so father we come before you this morning with your body and your blood broken for us father I ask as we receive communion that the theme of this morning your love for us how you love us. What Jesus has done for us. What the Holy Spirit can do for us. That that love will be received on the inside this morning. That we will receive your love as we take these communion elements. So Father, I pray a blessing now over the bread and over the juice. That as we take it, we take it in remembrance of you. For what you've done. For who you are. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. You can begin to come up and get your communion elements. It doesn't have to be in order. Just come on up and grab stuff and go to your seat or go in the back or go wherever. But we're going to take communion this morning. thank you Father we thank you we thank you for your sacrifice for your bloodshed we thank you we can receive your love Father thank you for a fresh revelation of who you are for you are love may that word love just resonate with us all week the word love resonates all week long no matter what we're feeling no matter what situation is before us, what temptation your love will see us through your love is good we thank you for
2: thank you for the great exchange as we partake of your body and your blood we leave at the altar all that we are and we we turn our eyes upon you and we receive we receive without merit we receive And we thank you and praise you for it in Jesus' name. What I love about what has happened here today is that you were all ministers of the body and blood of Christ. That's right. And this is something that I encourage you. You can do this every time you want to come to the table and make the great exchange This can be done with a Ritz cracker and orange juice. And when we pray over it, it is holy because he is holy. And I encourage you to do it as often, as often as you have need. Come to the table of the Lord in your own homes, together, alone, and partake of him because he has poured himself out to us so that we can feast upon the wealth, the riches you, of all that he is Thank you, Lord. his word, his spirit, his love, his power. And he beckons us this morning to feast upon the goodness and the riches that he has poured out for us. Thank you,
1: Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Well, small group leaders are going to be making their way up front. If you have a prayer need in your life, I encourage you to come see one of these leaders up here. They know how to pray. They will pray with you. They will speak life into you. They will have agreement with you for what God's plan and purpose is. If you need healing, come up here. If you need anything in your life, come see these guys. And they will pray for you. For God's presence is here. And we thank him for it. So you are dismissed. Have a wonderful afternoon. As today's service is always different than the last one, we're so glad that you're here. Come join us next week. And don't forget, Wednesday nights, 6.30.
0: Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.